This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. You're listening to a Business Radio special presentation of Dollars and Change from the floor of the Wharton Social Impact Conference in Philadelphia. Here again are Nick Ashburn and Sandy Hunt. Welcome back. You are listening to Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. This is a special broadcast of Very Dollars special. and Change. And we are here on the floor of the Social Impact Conference. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining me, Sandy. Oh, my goodness, Nick. It's a pleasure. We're having a blast. I think, you know, I've never had so much fun at a conference because these are all conversations I'm just really excited to have with our guests, with the attendees. Um, so, I don't know, maybe there's something I'm missing, but I don't feel stressed. I'm just having a great day talking to everybody. I don't know if I'm, I think I'm, I'm too busy to be stressed at this point. I'm just <laughs> floating from place to place and talking to person to talking to person. But um, speaking of excellent people we want to talk to, um, our next guest, we've got Lisa Nutter, who's the former First Lady of Philadelphia. And we have <laughs> Melissa Bradley, co-founder and managing, managing director of Sidecar Social Finance. So welcome to the show, Melissa. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Former First Lady of Philadelphia. I didn't know uh, that was the title. Yeah, no, well, yeah. <laughs> we can we can Reluctant. drop it. We can drop I it. Reluctantly now. adopted it for that moment. <laughs> Done with that now. Well, Done with that. Let's start with what's what's new and now with you, Lisa. Tell us uh, what is so- Sidecar Social Finance. <laughs> well, well, first of all, what's new with me is I just recently joined <laughs> Melissa's uh, and Nick Almeida's practice, Sidecar Social Finance, and this is after working for about twelve years running a youth development nonprofit here in Philadelphia. Yep. That's working with public high schools in the school district of Philadelphia to transform them and so learned a lot about system change and before that had a long career in community development and community building. So for me, I actually am trained as an urban planner and um, being able to join Melissa and Nick and a few other folks are in our have joined our, our merry band of troublemakers uh, <laughs> <laughs> working in communities is somewhat of a, of a return to a lot of the ideas that I um, was immersed in many, many years ago here at the University of Pennsylvania. Excellent. So let's turn to Melissa, you know, accurately named (laughs) (laughs) co-founder. Tell us what uh, Sidecar Social Finance is. Sure. So Nick and I actually met when I was running Tides, and he was the chief strategist, and we began to... This is a different Nick, folks. Uh, Yes, it is. (laughs) It is. Although maybe we can give you some equity shares, though, if this goes well. Um, uh, So Nick Almeida was our chief strategist, and we spent a lot of time working with high net worth individuals on developing impact investing policies. And we realized two things. One, that people are very interested but don't understand the space, Mm. and so they need a lot of hand-holding. Uh, they need from definitional to even asset allocations. And two, that most existing family offices or wealth managers and even some large investment banks didn't have the capacity to do that. So essentially, Sidecar is an impact advisory firm. And we do everything from impact investing policy development to sourcing, diligence, placement, and portfolio management. And so we find that a lot of place-based foundations like the locally run William Penn Foundation is a client. And we help them both develop their strategy and really present that to the board. We know that foundations are wonderful at giving away money, but how do you manage that precarious balance of risk and return? How do you do the underwriting? How does that fit into an overall portfolio? That's the work that we do. And because of our consistency of working in Philadelphia, working in Michigan and other places, and now also working with large institutional banks and their clients who want to specifically do play space, it's really been exciting as we move into even more economic development play space work. Yeah. And, and Lisa, I want to come to that play space mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have deep roots here in Philadelphia. Sure. And that's something that you're very passionate about. So mm-hmm. what it is about Melissa's approach and um, sidecar's approach that 
you know, draws you into this work. Yeah. So, I mean, where Melissa and I actually joined is that, you know, we believe in starting where people and where communities are. And I think that um, when you do that, the, a lot of things open up. A lot of solutions open up that you never thought of. And um, a lot of new ideas come to the table. And so that was the beginning of our partnership. Um, some of the things that I've noticed about Philadelphia now as I'm working with Melissa and trying to understand um, other cities is, again, this piece she mentioned about folks wanting to do social impact work but not really knowing what it is and sometimes saying they're doing it and not really knowing what it is. But this other question about how do we scale things that work so that we really are seeing, um, you know, this sort of ripple effect across communities. And that's really a perspective I bring because of my urban planning and community Mm -hmm. development background. Um, Nothing brings you more to the ground than having to, for example, work in a school, which is a community, and figuring out how do you transform that place with the people who are already there and already have ideas and thoughts about how things should go. They have practices that they, some of them need to be enhanced, some of them need to be unlearned. Mm. Um, so all these different spaces, from my point of view, are communities, and all these challenges are really community organizing challenges. So I feel like we joined a lot on this issue of, you know, if we could figure out ways to really layer the right types of interventions and then the right types of capital at the right moments we actually, and stay with these investments over time, we could actually help change communities. And so that's, I think, was the genesis of our partnership. Yeah, yeah. And, and Melissa, going to what you just mentioned, Lisa, Melissa, I'm, I'm curious to know about that sort of suite of tools. In my panel that we, I just moderated a while ago, we talked about grant capital playing a role at mm-hmm. a specific stage, and then how do you, those different capital stacks, too. So how is um, Sidecar Social Finance thinking through those uh, aspects with their clients? So we actually look at financial and non-financial assets. So I think, to Lisa's point, we think about what is the human capital that is present, what are, for example, workforce development programs, what are the educational assets, those kind of things. So there's the non-financial. There's also element of policy, right? As a professor as well, we can't tell kids, things are going to change just by you doing it. So we also look at policy and legislative agenda that's aligned. And then we think about the stacks of capital from grants to program-related investments to mission-related investments, all the way up to traditional equity and debt convertible note. And then if you're thinking about a longer-term investment strategy, what is your fixed income approach? And I think the reality is that it has to be stacked. And ideally, you also have diversified funders. So we never tell any client, you should be all in, because our ultimate goal is what is sustainability in terms of partnerships and policy over time? But also, what is the economic sustainability? One of the greatest challenges that I find about, about this whole world of impact investing is that we're focused on the social impact, but we oftentimes forget about the moral promise that we make to folks when we say we're going to make change. And so if we keep doing grants and we keep doing short-term program-related investments, that commitment is automatically stopped just by the duration of the investment. So we really look across the entire spectrum so that people feel like there's going to be the support they need. You are listening to a special broadcast of Dollars and Change. We're here on the floor of the Wharton Social Impact Conference and we're speaking with top industry leaders here. We're with Lisa Nutter, principal of Sidecar Social Finance, and Melissa Bradley, co-founder and managing director of Sidecar Social Finance. And Melissa, you know, we're talking to you, and, and you're painting this picture of the necessary capital um, to fit the problem, uh-huh. the timeline, the need, the diversification. Lisa, can you tell us a story? Um, you know, one of the one of the I sort can tell of many stories. <laughs> <laughs> keep it clean. Keep exactly. It clean. No, no. Okay. I mean, remember, Howard Stern is also on Syria, so I like to give ourselves oh, well, permission to have. Have a little fun. Um, no, but tell us a story about something that you feel really captures, you know, the complexity and opportunity mm-hmm. in this space. Yeah. So 
I think the complexity comes with when you are doing scale, um, two things, there are two things that are real, are realities that we all have to face and understand them as potential risks. One is you can't do scale without engaging big systems, like big, hard to change, like hard school, to school move systems. systems. Yeah. School systems, um, uh, Department of Human Services, like systems. Yeah. That's when we get to scale, right? The other thing that we have to um, really understand more is this point that Melissa was making, which is around the, the right type of money at the right at the right moment. So I observed a couple things. I mean, a, a couple things, just a couple. <laughs> in my journey as uh, in the public sector and as a nonprofit leader, and you know, which where you got a lot of grant money um, to do the work that you were get doing. And what I noticed is there was a real distinction in the way sort of when, when a nonprofit organization was sk- trying to scale up something that worked and the type of funding they were provided versus the type of funding, say, someone who had his new social enterprise, social enterprise for right? profit. and they would go to a venture capitalist and the venture capitalist would say, you know, this is... I'm going to make a bet on you as a leader, yep. and then I'm going to maybe bring some of my friends around mm-hmm. here yep. to the table, yep. Yep. and we're going to tr- get you to a certain place and then pass you off. Yep. It doesn't happen in the nonprofit sector. And so what typically... In the, in the nonprofit sector, it's sort of like, show me everything you've done and how successful you've been, and then maybe I'll still consider putting money to Correct. you. Correct. Right. As an entrepreneur, your failures are like sexy, cool, and That's like right. introspective. <laughs> as a nonprofit, like, ooh, you failed once. Like, I'm, I don't know. Correct. I just, right. Which is ironic because there's no return there's to no me. There's no return <laughs> to me. We're screaming. We're right. screaming right. into the microphones. Right. That's a 0% <laughs> return exactly. expected right. investment philanthropy. Why don't you take your biggest and best risks with it? Right. But it's not happening. Right. So let's... Make sure everyone really got that point who's listening. <laughs> yeah, and so what, what initially intrigued me is that this is a really different way of looking at how do you invest in scale and how do you figure out how to match the right type of investor to, at the right moment in, 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 you know, in, the, in the, the life of an enterprise. So for me, um, because I still believe in scale and I, stu- I still believe that even some of the hardest to change systems and the people in them can, can actually change, um, I feel like we need to bring new, tool- new tools to bear. Um, there are, I think, a lot of assumptions about the risks that philanthropy is willing to take. I'm sitting here with you today on this floor to say I've been highly traumatized <laughs> by some of those ideas because sure. I think that philanthropy isn't as risk, um, what's the word? Tolerant. 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 Yep. Thank you. Yep. Risk tolerant as we think. Um, and it's to Nick's point earlier that actually you're asked to explain yourself to, you know, the end and jump through a number of hoops, which um, I get. But I think if we're really serious about financing social transformation at scale, we have to look at all these tools Philanthropy has to be honest about, you know, what they can really do and when. And um, the folks who are making these investments from the private sector um, have to understand how to, what to expect. You know, there was a big conversation earlier today about performance and measurement that's not been figured out in this, mm-hmm. in this, in right. this space. Yeah. Uh, a lot can be learned from philanthropy, but philanthropy also has a lot to learn from this, this, uh, this body of work. So I, I feel like... Um, I feel like, for me, I'm energized because I see the potential, and I'm I'm just glad to be at Sidecar to be able to, um, you know, work some things out. (laughs) And so, so Melissa, as we we wrap up here in about one minute, you know, 
still sort of early days for Sidecar, but what's next? What, what's on the horizon for you guys? So I think we are leveraging what we've done for the past two years with very small communities and working primarily on behalf of institutions. Uh, we will be moving into the southeast region and working on a much broader scale uh, and working on a much bigger, bigger project and thinking about how do you invest in multiple sectors of housing, uh, of hotels, of food sector, uh, and thinking about how do you create anchor institutions and stabilize them and how do you create supply chain relationships. So we're going to really leverage what we've done with an individual project and bring those to entire community. Lisa, can we do that in Philadelphia? Absolutely. Yeah. It can we sounds do that really with, <laughs> with Penn as an anchor institution? <laughs> exactly. There you sounds go. Good. There you go. Exactly. All right. To be continued. Yes. Thank you so much. We've been speaking with Lisa Nutter, Principal of Sidecar Social Finance, and Melissa Bradley, Co-Founder and Managing Director of Sidecar Social Finance. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.